0: We all say it together. Brother Mays, preach to me. Can you say that? Brother Mays, preach to me. Somebody say praise the Lord. Ain't God good. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Ain't God good. My, my, my. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. We cannot give him enough praise. I said, if we live, uh, amen, 120 years old, 150, we could not give him enough. If we praise him from the, amen, the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, we still couldn't give him enough praise. Uh, Amen. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Amen. The Lord is worthy. Amen. Amen. Wow. Amen. Thank you, Brother Hall for singing some of them old ones, amen, wow, amen, Uh, been a long time since I heard the one, I couldn't even remember the words to it, amen, praise God, but amen, praise God, if you have your Bibles, if you turn me to Philippians, the fourth chapter, I want to say I'm honored to be here tonight, it is the last service, I'm going to be here And uh, I want to thank God that, uh, amen, he's opening doors for me. And I appreciate the Elder Regan. I want everybody to be praying in the morning. Amen. 7.30. Amen. I I don't want to forget him. Be praying, amen, that God will give. You know, I'm just a little bit disappointed. He was here Sunday night, but he's not here tonight. And uh, I don't know if it's because I'm up here or what. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Praise the Lord. But I do love him. I want him to know I love him. And I am forevermore praying for him. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 11. Amen. Where I'm going to start reading. And uh, I don't know when I have wrestled trying to get a message for this service. And uh, I... was. Last night I was studying, studied today, and uh, I, but this is what I feel, amen. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And in the last portion of verse number 11, Apostle Paul says, For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. He then continues in verse number 12 to tell us, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere. And in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Another version words this verse in the following manner. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content. In any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then in verse 13, he says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. There's another version of this verse that says, whatever I have, whatever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Man, I like that. Basically, what the Apostle Paul was saying is, I have learned how to live irrelevant to and above the conditions and occurrences that are happening all around me. Whatever I have or I don't have, whatever I, wherever I am at the moment or any moment in time, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. And in my own words, what the Apostle Paul, amen, was saying was, I have learned how to live in the realm of it just doesn't matter. That's what I want to preach about. It just doesn't matter. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Is anybody else? Amen. Anybody else going to help me tonight? Come on. Let's love him right now in Jesus' name. God, I need you tonight. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need the power of your word. I need you, God, to come down mightily and anoint me tonight in Jesus' name. God, I am here. I'm just a vessel of flesh wanting you, God, to speak through me, God, and anoint the words that I speak. Let Him, God. Amen. Have the unction of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I love you. Come on, let's praise him for a while. Let's love him. Let's love him. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I praise your name tonight, God. I'll give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I love you. 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 Oh, God, I praise your name. I praise your name, God. I praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Uh, God bless you. You can be seated. I, I do have a little deal I want to read. Where did all this stuff come from? Pardon me for sounding dumb, but where did all this stuff come from? I did a query and it stated, in the beginning God created. Look up in the air. How did all that stuff get up here? Amen. What does the sun, the moon, and the stars hang? Do you really think all that stuff started with just a big bang? Is it a theory or just a myth? A big bang still needs stuff to create with. Uh, should truth be close or exact? Uh, why is a theory being taught as fact? Uh, they say we come from a single cell. Where did that cell come from? They'll never tell. Uh, take a moment and, and think. Uh, when is the last time you've seen a missing link? Uh, the Bible states that God created uh, a fact that's still debated. Uh, when truth is placed in a blender, even our youth will question their gender. Whoo! The truth is we haven't evolved. Our problems we cannot even solve. Don't you find it odd? We want so much, uh, uh, thus searching for stuff, uh, when we should be searching for God. Amen. Praise God. I just threw that in. It didn't cost you nothing. Amen. Praise God. But it seems that constantly, especially lately, We have been and continue to be inundated and saturated with nothing but bad news, sad news, evil news, tragic news, and even devastating and appalling news. There's so much confusion and uncertainty in the world today, it creates feelings of hopelessness, stress, anxiety. I was thinking about all the insanity and downright stupidity that's happening in our country. And even in the entire world, uh, I must acknowledge that I have felt the same feelings of frustration, anger, and despair that so many other people have felt and they're currently feeling. However, the more I thought about the hypocrisy, the immorality, the depravity, the subversion and treachery in our own government, uh, I also realized that God is still in control. I said God is still in control. And I don't have to feel the frustration, the anger, and the downright despair that the majority of our country feels. Because Psalm 119 verse 114 reassures me, thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word further in Lamentations chapter 3 verses 21 through 26 these verses tell me this I recall to my mind therefore have I hope it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not they are new every morning great is thy faithfulness the Lord is my portion saith my soul therefore will I hope in him the Lord is good unto them that wait for him to the soul that seeketh him. It It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. And saints of God, we have a hope that is based not in this world. Our hope is not in the stock market. I said it's not in our bank account. It's not in how much education you might have or even how many degrees that you might possess. Our hope is in Jesus I said our hope is in Jesus and Hebrews chapter 6 verse number 9 says which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast somebody go ahead and praise him right now I love you Jesus I love you God praise your name We need to remember that as apostolic Christians, uh, amen, uh, we are not like everybody else. Yes, we live in the same sinful and dirty world, but we are not of the world. In fact, we're told in the Gospel of John chapter 15 and verse number 19, If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. As an apostolic child of God, we're supposed to know how to function in this world without being mastered by the world. So as I am being slapped in the face with all the crazy stuff our government is doing, I hear something in me rises up and says, and it's right here in these four words, it just doesn't matter. I said, it just doesn't matter. I Tell someone sitting next to you, uh, in front of you, or even in back of you, it just doesn't matter. I said, tell someone else, it just doesn't matter. Woo! I said, it just doesn't matter. The devil wants to get us under the circumstances and get us all weighted and burdened down with all the negative circumstances of life and what's happening around us. But the Holy Ghost wants us to learn how to live independent of, or I could say even on the top of the circumstance because we're not under the circumstance. I said we're going to rise to the top. I said the cream rises to the top and we're going to rise to the top. Ah, oh, my, my, my It doesn't Mean the circumstances are not negative, uh, and it doesn't mean, uh, amen, that we are in denial of the circumstances. Uh, it just means we are empowered uh, to rise above the circumstances. Somebody say, I'm empowered. I'm empowered. Amen. I'm empowered. Uh, it doesn't mean, uh, amen, there are not hard times. Uh, what it means is it just doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that I don't feel pain sometimes. Uh, what it does mean is it just doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that the devil never attacks me Or that I am constantly battling him What it just means is It just doesn't matter It doesn't mean that I have everything I want What it means is It just doesn't matter It doesn't mean that things always turn out The way that I want them to It means it just doesn't matter The apostle Paul In my words, was saying I can be up or I can be down. It just doesn't matter. I have abundance or lack. It just doesn't matter. Amen. The economy can be booming or the bottom falling out of everything, and it just doesn't matter. Ah, my my my! Somebody say, "Praise the Lord." Lord. Someone else said the same thing, but he used different words. It was Habakkuk the. The prophet, he said it like this in Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. Though the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Uh, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Woo! Yeah. My, my, my. So let's inspect, uh, amen, this so we can get the full meaning of these powerful words of Habakkuk. He starts off by saying although. Yeah. Now, we could replace that word although with even if. Or we could even take it all the way where we're currently at and say it just doesn't matter. And now he begins to list the things that most people would consider uh, the most catastrophic, uh, amen, things that could happen uh, in life during that time. Uh, The fig tree shall not blossom. There's no fruit in the vines. The olives are not producing any oil. Uh, the fields are not producing anything at all. Uh, the flocks are cut off from the fold, uh, meaning for whatever reason the flocks are gone, uh, through disease or theft or anything. Uh, amen. No herds in the stalls, uh, either for food source or for labor. Uh, amen. And today we might say it this way. Uh, even if we just received the worst report, doc- doctor's report ever, uh, even if your spouse just filed for divorce, uh, even if you lost your job after 30 years and you lost all your retirement, even if God forbid your house burned down, even if you just lost a loved one or someone very close to you, even if you're facing conviction for heinous crime you did not do, even if you were just betrayed by someone you trusted with all your heart, amen, any one of those things alone would be considered to be a great calamity and a source of grief and suffering. Yet the prophet says, although, which means even if every one of these horrific calamities were to strike all at once, it just doesn't matter. Uh, Is anybody getting what I'm preaching tonight? Uh, Amen. I'm trying to tell somebody in this house. uh, It just doesn't matter. Amen. Uh, Not that I won't feel the effects of it. Uh, Not that I won't miss my tacos and enchiladas uh, or my hamburger and fries. Uh, Not that I won't miss my lights. Uh, Amen. Because I haven't had the money to pay my light bill. It just doesn't matter. I said it just doesn't matter. In other words, what the prophet is saying is uh, with everything, Is going great or everything is going to hell in a handbasket. I'm gonna praise God. I'm gonna give God praise. I'm gonna praise him. Oh, why don't we do that right now? Why don't we lift our hands and praise God? Oh God. Oh, I love you, Jesus. My, my, amen. What he's saying is uh, hell may stop uh, and empty itself at my doorstep Uh, but my praise will open the door uh, and I'll walk right over the top of it in Jesus name Uh, I said I'm going to walk right over the top of it in Jesus name Uh, I'm not saying I'm not going to get wet when it rains or or I won't won't get cold when the electric goes off but it just doesn't matter Uh, somebody wrote the song that says like this I will praise the Lord I will praise the Lord uh, no matter what tomorrow brings or what it has in store I will praise the Lord you know being a Christian doesn't mean we're exempt from problems from hardships from trials and tribulations doesn't mean you'll never suffer loss or never have a broken heart But it does mean we learn how to live from the heavenly places of it just doesn't matter. Please pay attention and don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not saying I don't care. I'm not saying I don't care. I'm not saying saying it has absolutely no effect on me. I'm not saying that I have never been or will never be impervious to pain. I'm not saying uh, I won't ever stumble and fall down uh, or that I haven't fallen and had to get back up. Uh, but even when I fall, I, I remember the words of Micah chapter 7, verse 8. It says, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Oh, my God, I'm not saying I won't ever cry or that I have never cried. I, I'm not saying I've never wept, wept tears wide. On the floor at midnight. I'm not saying I've never questioned why or that I won't ever question why again. But what I'm saying is I'm still going to trust him. I'm still going to praise him anyway. I said I'm still going to praise him anyway because it just doesn't matter. You see, this is the real battle. This is the real battle. The devil is after our joy he is after our praise he's after our peace amen I'm telling you the devil is after every one of us and that's why brother Jared has been preaching on spiritual warfare Amen. I'm telling you we need to get a hold of God amen we need to have on the whole armor of God I said we need to have on the whole armor of God uh, you see this is the real battle there is nothing more confused more deliberating, more humiliating to the devil than for him to throw his best shot at you. And instead of you backing up, instead of you backsliding, instead of you going into deep depression, you just square your shoulders back. You lift your head. You lift your voice. And you give God some old-fashioned apostolic praise. Hey, why don't we do it now? I love you, Jesus! Woo! I love you, God. I love you, God. I, I hope I'm not telling tales out of school. But I was talking with my son-in-law uh, this morning with the two-hour time difference. I think I said this last time I was here. He calls me every morning, almost, that he goes to work. He was telling me about they've been in revival. And this evangelist, he didn't really preach last night, but he uh, he said something that struck a nerve with me. And not what he said, but uh, he said another, supposed to be evangelist of his, a friend of his, he was talking about, the way that they had had church and the shouting and the praising and, and uh, the glory that was coming down. and And this guy, he was on the phone. He said, are you kidding me? He said, I've never seen that. I said, he don't need to be evangelizing. I said, well, he said, yeah, you're right. My son-in-law said, yeah, you're right. I said, I don't know where this boy's been, but I said, he's either as green as grass or something. I said, anytime we lose our praise and worship, we've lost it. I said, anytime we lose our praise and worship, we've lost it. And I'm gonna tell you one misconception that many people have is that praise has to be joyful and beautiful or it's not really praise or it's not really powerful. But I stand in this pulpit tonight to boldly declare that this is just not true. I said it's just not true. And Job was one of the greatest examples of this in the Bible. He had lost everything including his health. Job's reaction is astounding. First, he speaks out of grief. As the darkness fills his heart and his mind, he tears his clothes and he shaves his head. He mourns. I want you to pay attention, amen, to his text in Job chapter 1, verses 20 through 22. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down on the ground and worshiped. Notice it says he worshiped. I said he worshiped in verse 21 he said naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked I shall return thither the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away blessed be the name of the Lord somebody ought to praise God finally he tells us in verse 22 in all this Job sinned not neither charged God foolishly anger and blame were not in Job's vocabulary but instead of getting mad and cursing God He worshiped God. I said he worshiped God. Uh, Was it attractive praise? Uh, No. You might even say it was unsightly and repulsive looking praise. But I'll tell you what it did do. It got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It got God's attention. And in the end, God restored Job double what he had. Woo, hallelujah. So if you're feeling down and out, praise God in it praise God, praise God, praise God my, 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 so let's take a look now some verses of scripture found in Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 5 through 8 and it reads thus saith the Lord Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, whose heart departeth from the Lord, for he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabited. Blessed is the man. That trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. That spreadeth out her roots by the river. And shall not see when heat cometh. But her leaf shall be green. And shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease. From yielding fruit. I, I I believe we ought to take a little bit more of an in-depth look at these verses. These verses start by saying, Thus saith the Lord. Notice it doesn't start with thus saying Isaiah, thus saying Jeremiah, thus saying Ezekiel, or thus saying some other prophet. No, 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 no. This is God talking, and God pronounces a curse on the man that turns away from God and puts his confidence in the arm or the strength of the ability of the flesh. That means he trusts in everything aside from God. He puts his trust in money, people, education, technology, medicine, doctors, lawyers, or anything else that people put their trust in today. It doesn't mean that those things are evil in themselves. It just means that when those things take the place of trusting God with our hearts that we bring ourselves under the curse of sin. Can I hear an amen? then God continues to say in verse 6 for he shall be like the heath in the desert and shall not see when good cometh but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabited and as I read these scriptures I began to wonder what the heath is I knew it wasn't heath candy bar I like heath. So I started looking at what several Bible commentaries had to say about what the heath is. What I found is that Matthew Henry's commentary says that the heath is, and I quote, a sorry shrub, the product of barren ground, sapless, fruitless, useless, and worthless because it bears neither fruit nor seed. Another commentator said, it is reckoned among useless plants and such as are condemned or forbidden for religious use. Very fit to represent such persons as put their trust in men and in themselves and in the arm of the flesh and not in the Lord. I want you to notice what the Bible says about the heath in the desert, or specifically the man who trusts in this flesh and not in God. He will not see when good cometh and will dwell in a dry place. This means the person who is leaning on the arm of flesh and whose heart is not trusting in God will live in a spiritually desolate place. They will be far from the presence of God. No righteousness, no peace, no joy, and no favor. And the goodness of God will be hid from them. Notice it doesn't say the goodness of God won't come. It just says when it comes, they won't even see it. Which means they will not perceive it. In other words, it can be raining blessings all around them. Uh, and they will be living in the atmosphere of a barren desert in perpetual drought. Uh, amen. While God is pouring out his blessings, uh, they will be as dry as a well with no water, uh, because they do not have the capacity to perceive or receive what God is doing. Can I hear an Amen? So the goodness of God can be manifesting all around them. But they are living in a land of drought. Rain is falling all around them. And they're complaining about how hot and how dry and desolate and how miserable it is. Why? Because their eyes are blinded to the goodness of God. But I love the next part. Because this part's talking about anyone who has repented of their sins, been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of our sins, and filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Because it said, God says, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope, there's that word again, hope the Lord is. For he shall be uh, as a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river uh, and shall not see when heat cometh, uh, but her leaves shall be green uh, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall, amen, cease from yielding fruit. Uh, Amen. I'm telling you, if you have been born again of water and spirit, that's you. That's you that's you. Uh, You're always going to be green. uh, Amen. And you're not going to be affected by the year of drought. uh, uh, Neither shall you cease from yielding fruit. uh, Amen. Another version of this uh, verse says it this way. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord uh, and has made the Lord his hope and his confidence. Uh, He is like a tree uh, planted along a river bank with its roots reaching deep into the water. A tree not bothered by the heat uh, nor worried by long months of drought. It it stays Stays green and it goes right on producing all its luscious fruit. That's what I want to be. I want to be, amen, like a tree planted along the riverbank, its roots reaching deep into the water. A tree that's not bothered by the heat or worried about the long months of drought. Amen. Its leaves stay green. I'm telling you, you look different. You look different to the word. Don't be ashamed of what you are. Amen. Love it. I love it. Love it. So you could say that those who are born again of water and spirit are highly blessed, extremely favored, and who have our hope and our trust and our confidences in our Lord. We are trees planted along a riverbank, uh, which means we're in a place of continuous and abundant supply. Uh, but that's not all it says, uh, because uh, then it says that our roots reach deep uh, into the water, and the water represents both the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Ah, uh, what is it like for those of us trees that trust in the Lord, uh, in contrast to the shrubs that put their trust in the arm of flesh? Uh, those trees are not bothered by the heat or, or worried by long months of drought, and our leaves stay growing And they never stop producing fruit. I said they never stop producing fruit. Amen. Here's what I want to bring to our attention today. The trees and the shrubs are in a natural sense enduring the same physical circumstances or conditions. But the trees that are planted by the rivers of water have a continual supply of the Spirit and the Word. That's why it's important to be in the house of God every time that you can. Because the Word is brought forth and the Spirit of... Oh, God, help me. I feel the Holy Ghost. That's why it's important to be in the house. Amen. Amen for pre-service prayer. Oh, God. They're not like... The useless, fruitless shrub that can't perceive when good comes. But for those of us who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, it's just the opposite we're tapping into the goodness of God even in the middle of a drought right here in the midst of the heat amen with everything happening all around us amen and we're not knowing which way to go which way to turn amen we can still trust we're tapping into the goodness of God in the middle of the drought I said right here in the middle of the heat our roots have found the source of strength and refreshing we've learned how to seek out the anointing and the presence of God Uh, that's why this man's been Preaching about amen warfare, I said, You need to learn how to. I said, You need to learn, I said, You need to learn, amen, how to seek the anointing and the presence of God, and that's why, amen. The first psalm. Verse number three tells us, uh, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So again, what is the ultimate result uh, of those who put their trust, uh, amen, uh, and their confidence in the Lord? Their leaves are always going to be green, and they're never going to be fruitless. And that's why you can be walking down the street and somebody looks at you and say, can you tell me what's different about you? And that's when you need to tell them. There's a clear line of distinction between those of us who are trusting, amen, uh, in God and those who are trusting in the arm of flesh. He said those who are leaning to and trusting in the arm of flesh are going to be cast down, disappointed, confused, and bewildered. They'll have no joy. They'll have no peace. They won't even recognize the good things that God is doing. They're going to be like Haggai chapter 1, verse number 6 says, You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. Amen. Uh, You clothed, there's none warm. He that earneth wages, earneth wages to put in a bag with holes. On the other hand, those of us who trust in the Lord and who are dwelling in his presence and living by his word, we're going to be joyful. We're going to be confident, walking in the divine favor of God. Not only that, but amen. We're going to be fruitful, thankful, and productive. That's why Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30 tells us the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. He that winneth souls is wise. We're not going to be bothered by all the drought of human failure, the evil and confusion. We're just going to live by the phrase, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Proverbs chapter 3. Verses 5 and 6 says that we are to trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lead not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. He shall direct thy paths. Don't put your trust in our government or the judicial system or the monetary system or the medical system or even in the electoral system. Don't put your trust in the Republican Party or the Democratic Party and don't put your trust in any political candidate because they are all going to fail you. Put your trust in the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's why Psalm 20, verse 7 says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. And you might say that in today's terminology, some trust in prosperity and some in careers, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. But what is the name of the Lord our God? You can call him Abba, our Father. You can call him Adonai, Lord and Master. You can call him the Alpha and Omega, the beginning, the end. You can call him El Gabor, the mighty God you can call him El Shaddai God Almighty you can call him Elohim the creator you can call him Emmanuel that's God with us or you can even call him the great I am you can call him Jehovah or Yahweh the self existent one you might even call him Jehovah Jireh the Lord our provider you might want to call him Jehovah Nisi the Lord our banner you might want to call him Jehovah Rapha the Lord our healer you might even want to call him the Logos the word or you can call him the Messiah the Holy One You can call him any of the 960 names, 967 names and titles of God throughout the Bible. But I've come to this pulpit tonight to declare there's only one name that's above every name. And that's what Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11 says. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name. Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The name of our Lord, God is Jesus. And that's why and how Peter informs us in Acts chapter four and verse number 12, neither is there salvation in any other for there's none other name, amen, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Somebody praise that name tonight. Oh, go ahead and call on that name. When we, amen, we come above the confusion, above the turmoil, and all the strife in our country. Amen, when we call on that name, all the feelings of hopelessness, fear, stress, and anxiety have got to flee. When we call on that name, all the hypocrisy, the immorality, the depravity, the subversion, and treachery that surround us in these troublesome times, they're not gonna bother us because I got my eyes on the prize and when we call the name of Jesus we're gonna rise into the goodness and glory of God we're gonna bring forth good fruit musicians please come I want to remind you one more time what Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 7 and 8 say blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord whose hope whose hope whose hope is in the Lord amen for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth not her roots by the river amen spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh but her leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought neither Shall yield, amen. Shall cease from yielding fruit. Come on up here to this altar and do what 1 Peter 5 and 7 says casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Come on, let's love him, let's talk to him right now, let's give him our all. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Woo! I love you, I love you, I love you. I lo-